Hey everybody, you're listening to the How to Have Threesomes podcast. I'm Key. And I'm Lily. We've been together for seven years in a relationship style we call monogamish. This podcast is going to give you everything you need to build a stronger relationship with your partner, create healthy boundaries, and communicate honestly. We're going to help you have fun, safe, sexy adventures and have the best threesomes of your life. Ready? Here we go. You. Hey guys, the episode you're about to hear needed to be re-edited. All the guests and stories you love so much are still the same, we just needed to bleep out a few things for privacy. Before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to tell you that the How to Have Threesomes video course is now open for enrollment. We have spent years working on this project and are so, so excited to share it with you. In this course, we teach you all of our secrets for finding your ideal unicorn, from navigating dating apps and play parties to forming connections with friends and with professionals. Regardless of your experience level, this video course is full of actionable tips, tricks, and worksheets, like the needs list, kinky questionnaire, and what makes a high-converting Tinder bio. We show you how to express your deepest desires without destroying a relationship, plus how to maintain excitement with your partner. If you want to have the best threesomes of your life, this is the video course for you. We are now also offering coaching for people who want that individual attention. Some of the best money we ever spent was on a professional to help guide us through our challenging times. And not every therapist is trained to navigate non-monogamy, so if you and your partner want some extra support in these tricky situations, we're here for you guys. Another thing that we're offering is a sexy getaway. Come and spend a week with us on a tropical island. We're going to take you on some amazing experiences like hiking waterfalls, partner acro, fire dancing, and some crazy party nights. We've also teamed up with experts to bring you workshops in Tantra, Shibari, trust building, and pickup. Plus, personalized photo shoots to show off the best version of yourself online. By the end of the retreat, you'll be more confident, have a better connection with your partner, and a deeper understanding of your desires. This retreat will be a bunch of wild and sexy times, and we're stoked to bring you guys out here. We're offering the video course and the coaching on teachable.com. If you want more details about the couples retreat, we have a form you can fill out. All the links will be available in the show notes or on the How to Have Threesomes Instagram. You guys are also welcome to reach out to us directly for coaching or anything else you might need. And now, back to the episode. This is the How to Have Threesomes podcast. I'm And I'm And today, we're answering listener questions. In this episode, we answer questions like, do we ever meet up with other couples just to chill, nothing sexual? Do we have a higher than normal sex drive? And what happens if boundaries are overstepped? We also talk about a bunch of stuff that's happened recently here in including hot Russian girls, so it's a good episode and you guys should definitely stick around for this. We've been getting really great feedback from you guys on Instagram and we really appreciate you guys asking questions because it gives us awesome new content to create and gives us ideas for podcasts. So thank you for that. If you guys want to ask us any questions, you can write to us on the How to Have Threesomes page. And as always, we will try and get back to you as quickly as possible. Or if you have ideas for episodes, we're happy to accommodate that too. One of our listeners wrote in and they asked us, do we ever meet up with other couples just to chill? Nothing sexual. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, most, most of the time we just meet up to chill. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we've met up with anyone who knows us first from the How to Have Threesomes page or podcast. Um, like most of people that we end up meeting are just people who have seen us on Instagram or know us from like the acro yoga scene here in Bali. Uh, but we do meet up with other couples like to go out dancing or to dinner all the time uh, with no interest or intent for anything more. But if any of you out there are wanting to meet us just to hang out and be friends, we are totally down for that. More friends is always better. I think another branch off of that question that is kind of interesting for us is after we've told other couples that this is something we do, because it is a conversation that comes up quite often, do you think that couples think that our intentions are to sleep with them? Hmm. I think it depends on how well they know us, because we're pretty upfront about if we like you and we're trying to sleep with you, you're probably going to know. <laughs> I also think it goes to show a lot about the strength of a couple's relationship 
when usually the boyfriend is then terrified of being around us or doesn't want his girlfriend to be around us. I, I think that's really funny because we're not like here to steal your girlfriend or break up your relationship. If you have like that little faith in yourself or your partner, I think that's maybe an underlying issue that you guys should work on. There's some people's girlfriends who I think are cute, but like I'm not out here trying to break up anyone's relationship. So do I think they think we're trying to sleep with them? Do you feel any weird feelings after telling a couple that we've had threesomes in the past? Do you feel like they judge us differently or? Mm, not that I can think of actually. All of our friends here have been super cool. Like I, I'm trying not to name names, but we've met a couple of people recently who are super chill about it. Even people who I didn't think would be, because I know some of them are have more religious backgrounds or they're a bit more conservative, but they were all really accepting and thought it was really cool of us for being so open about it. And frankly, if there was someone who had a problem with it or if it made them uncomfortable, then they're probably not the type of person that I would be spending a lot of my time with anyways. So that just kind of self-selects who your friends are. And that's fine with me. I feel like when we tell people that we have threesomes and about the podcast and the book, I feel like when we meet a new girl and we tell her about this sort of stuff that she might be a little bit wary about my intentions. Rightly so, it makes sense. But I feel like often girls give me like just a little bit of extra space. So I would definitely agree with that. Like for example, uh, when we meet up with friends sometimes, we always are teaching people new acro moves and acro is really funny. Like it makes you laugh because you're upside down and it's really confusing and you're, you're falling over a lot. And usually people laugh a lot. But one thing I've noticed is that girls who are a little bit nervous about the idea of threesomes or who think we're trying to hit on them, try not to laugh so much or they try like to not make eye contact with Ricky, which is hard when he's like, holding them up in the air, but they're trying to kind of like keep some personal distance, which looks very strange to me. Cause like, you know, I'm not trying to do anything here, but it's interesting how people try and um, distance themselves to like make extra sure we know that they're not interested. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I see you. I'm not trying, like, don't worry. We're not trying to sell something to people who are not looking to buy. Like yeah. We're not trying to go out there and convert people and be like, oh, you need to have threesomes. We're trying to... Yeah, you've never been interested and you're totally happy in your relationship. We're trying to steal you. Like, that's not how this works. No, it's more like we're open to it. If it's something that you're interested in, then perfect. Maybe something can work. It doesn't even mean yeah. it, it well, will 100% work. Interested. Yeah, that's exactly like, it. Like, if you are 100% into it, and I'm 100% into it, and so is and the timing is right, and the situation's right, like, that is a rare thing to come across. There are a lot more people who've wanted to sleep with us than who we have been okay to sleep with. Like that's just the truth of it, whether that be guys or girls or couples, like people who've reached out to us who can be very lovely, normal people or friends of ours. And that can be really hard to turn those people down because they take it really personally. And it can sometimes not even have to do with them. You know, it can just be like that we're not at a point in our relationship where we're doing that at the moment or if we're taking a break. But that has been a difficult conversation because I feel like sometimes when you tell people that you have threesomes, they just assume you're down to have it with anyone who offers, which is definitely not the case. Like, I still am I, I'm quite picky. That leads to another viewer question, which is, now that we're open with our sexuality and we have a podcast about it, do we get asked out often? Which I think you kind of hmm. answered, but... Yeah... Uh, not necessarily asked out, but we do have a lot of opportunities. And I would say it's not as much about having the podcast. It's more about we have experience with threesomes and we're good at making people feel comfortable around us. Yeah, I think we've developed the skill set of talking about it, which is better. Like when people, I'd even say a year ago, right? When so it was still a thing we'd been doing for a while. But if people asked me about it or asked me if we were open, I kind of 
didn't know what to say or I'd have this weird kind of mumbling answer of like, uh, well, sometimes maybe it's a thing that like kind of almost sort of happens and that doesn't look good to anyone. But now we know our answers, which is like, yes, we're monogamish. We have threesomes with girls sometimes if the vibes are right. And if you make it really clear to people what you're offering and kind of what that entails, I feel like they're also more comfortable coming forward with questions or just putting themselves out there to like open up that, that conversation with us. Yeah, and I think people feel a little bit sketchy about you if you don't give them a clear answer. Yeah. Often they feel like there's something you're hiding. It's better to just say it outright and be like, yeah, this is something I've come to terms with and I'm happy to share this and there's nothing hidden here. This is something well, it's where also we that do. that it's not shameful, right? That it's something we're okay with and I don't really think it's that big of a deal. It's been interesting for us since we released the book and we've kind of tied it to our, our public accounts that when we meet new friends and they kind of say, you know, what do you guys do for money or what do you guys do? And Ricky will mention that, you know, we have a book and a podcast and that's something we're working on. And when people would ask us what it was on for the first week, we kind of weren't sure if we should tell them. And it was that hesitation of like, maybe this is going to make them uncomfortable. Like, is this still private? Like, oh my God, I can't believe we're putting it out there. And we would have this weird kind of little fumble and they would just get really confused and then it would make an awkward moment. But now we just tell them when they're like, oh, what's your podcast about? I'm like, it's about having threesomes. And there's a moment where their eyes get kind of big and then they're like, oh, cool. And then we just like fucking continue on with our meal. And, and if they're curious, that opens up that doorway to have a conversation with them and let them know that we're, you know, we're comfortable talking about it. And if not, you know, if it's not their vibe, then we just, we don't bring it up again, but at least they know that, you know, they know who we are and I'm okay with that. We got the question, how often do you guys find other partners? That's a complicated question actually, because... When we first started having threesomes, we had quite a few threesomes. Like I would say we did it every two weeks, a month maybe. I don't know. I, I think I also define that by how often do we meet a new partner, like a new individual, or how often do we meet up with someone who we might have slept with in the past? Because we have a few friends like that where whenever we see them, even if it's only once a year, that's like a kind of a gateway that's open with us. Um, and it can feel like a totally new experience with them every time, right? Because we've grown as people and our lives have changed a lot. Uh, so we have some people like that. You know, like every time we're in Canada or in California or Bali, like there are people that kind of come to see us. But as far as new people, like brand new people, it's definitely, I would say, slowed down. And that is very intentional on my behalf. It's not for lack of, of willing participants, but it's been that I have, um, I don't even know if picky is the right word, but I've been a lot more particular about the timing and, and how it feels with me. And I feel like and I are also at a different stage in our relationship where we're a lot more uh, purposeful about who we choose and what we want it to accomplish, right? Like if we just went out, you know, to the, to the club down the street here, I'm sure that we can meet up with a couple different Tinder girls every week and just, you know, you could have a fuck, but that's not really what I'm interested in. And I don't think either of us really like sleeping with random, random girls. Like we want people who are our friends that we want to know potentially, yeah, potentially for a long time and to have that connection with and be able to travel with and take pictures with and live with. Um, you know, even if it's only for a week at a time when we go on adventures, but yeah, I don't, I'm not really down for like the, <laughs> the one nighters the way that we used to. So, the, so another interesting conversation that came up between us was if it was your dream scenario, how often would you have threesomes? What you did said, I, what did I say? <laughs> I don't remember what I said. <laughs> you told me that like, if it was a dream scenario and we met up with like the perfect person, it would be probably every three months for you. Yeah. Oh, no, I know myself pretty well. That that sounds about right, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, I think 
if I could have it my way, honestly, we'd probably have like a handful of like very close personal friendships with people all over the world so that no matter where we're traveling, there's like, you know, a friend, that friend in France or that friend in Greece or that friend in Japan, whatever it is, like wherever we are in the world that we can kind of meet up with them and, and trade our stories from the past six months or a year and kind of share that intimate time together. But I don't know if this is like, I, I don't know if this is like a, a prudish thing to say, but I'm honestly getting a little bit tired of meeting new people and having to explain the same things over and over again. I don't know if this is a thing that like happens in the normal dating world. Cause I've also never dated normally, right? Like I had a boyfriend in high school and then I met and, and we've been together now for five years. We actually just had our five year anniversary, by the way. Um, but I never, you know, did that thing where you go to a restaurant and tell a guy about your work and your family and where you're from and your favorite color and blah, blah, blah. For me, it's a little strange where Every time we meet up with a girl on Tinder, which has happened, we've met up with quite a few people actually this month, and every time they want to know the same stories, right? They want to hear about Cirque du Soleil, and they want to hear about Burning Man, and they want to hear about how do we make our money, and blah, 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 which is fine, and I love telling them about our stories because it, it's a beautiful experience to go back over those pictures and see all the things we've done, but I also get really tired of it. Like, I just, I think feels this too sometimes, that people don't give you the same level of respect until they've heard what your life is about. And that's kind of a weird thing. Like, I guess we could meet a girl and just not tell her anything about us and she would probably still be down, but it's it's such a different experience for them when like, you know, they're like just a tiny bit starstruck or really inspired to like, you know, live a lifestyle similar to ours. And I almost feel like I owe it to them to kind of show them what they're being a part of when they're with us. But at the same time, that takes a lot of energy and I just... (laughs) I'd rather like be eating biscuits and sleeping. I don't know. (laughs) So as an example, there was a girl at Burning Man that I met and I was like trying to be a friend. She's pretty cute. I was trying to be a friend for a long time here. It was like 10 days that we were like around each other and whatever else. And I struck up really good conversations. I asked her really good questions and she kind of ignored me the entire time until like the last day of Burning Man. And then someone like said in front of her, they were like, oh, she works at Cirque du Soleil. And like her whole attitude like changed. Interest. In a second, she was like a completely different person with me. She was like asking me so many questions and like, oh, wow. And like so impressed. And I was like, fuck, like, do you only like me because I worked at Cirque du Soleil? I don't know. Do you just like the name? Is it like a trophy fuck that you get to say you, you know, you fucked some famous athlete? It's like girls who want to say they fucked an NFL player. It's like maybe it had nothing to do with the guy. I'd hate to think that because I think a very incredible human. But it definitely changes the way people come across. And what they, it seems like it changes the value that they get out of the experience. Like even girls who are now friends with us, you know, and they've been friends for a long time. But when they joke about, you know, when they told their family or their best friend about sleeping with a sexy Cirque du Soleil couple. And I'm like, really? Is that the defining factor? Like, I mean, And that's fine as well. Which like, is I guess fine. But who you are as people is like a lot based on like what your stories were and the experiences you had. I guess. But like under any other job title, they wouldn't. You know, yeah. like when you were just, you know, a parkour athlete, they wouldn't be like, oh, I slept with this sexy parkour instructor from Los Angeles. Like, that's not a thing people say. Like, they would never say, oh, they slept with this sexy girl who rides horses. Like, yeah. it, it does you come know? across as a bit inauthentic when they like you for what you've done rather than who you are and how you're Or what we're currently them. doing, which, pardon me, but I think is almost way cooler. Like, Cirque was an amazing experience and you worked your ass off to achieve that dream. But, like, the fact that we're living indefinitely in 
doing what we want every day, waking up when we feel like it, living a life that I would not trade with anyone in the world. It's like, to me, that's so much cooler than, you know, you worked a really fucking hard job, but now we're free. Like, I don't know. I think that's cool as shit. We kind of almost touched on it because you were telling us about what you thought would be a perfect situation with girls like all over the world, potentially that we hang out with. One of our listeners asked if we've ever thought about the possibility of having a third in our relationship, like a triad type thing. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness, goodness. I mean, I definitely have. For me, I would rather have a connection with someone for a longer period of time. I don't like having quick connections where you just like have something sexual and then you leave and you walk away forever. I really love the intimacy that you feel with someone and being able to be my truest self around them and without fear of judgment or whatever else. So like for me, having someone that I'm really well connected with sounds great. But I know that hasn't been the case always with No, sometimes it's been like, you know, I really want a girl who's not going to fall in love with I want a girl who's going to be there for the sexuality. detached. <laughs> yeah. But then leave when it's time for her to go. So I don't know. What do you think about that? So would I ever consider it? I think... Oh, man, that's such a hard question because I, I, I never want to say never, right? Like, I don't know if that perfect girl exists. I will say, uh, if I can shorten the story this much, that and I did meet a girl once. Oh, man. 1.5 times. <laughs> 1.5, yeah, fuck. There, <laughs> well, there was another a half time, but the, the main time that we met a girl that we both were just so smitten for and... Instantly, she felt like the best friend that I'd always wanted and also someone that I was really attracted to. We both were and she was equally attracted to us and all the communication and boundaries were just like so easy and it made so much sense and I would have been fine for her to travel the world with us for six months or a year or indefinitely if things had stayed as good as they are. If things had stayed as good as they were, rather. And I don't know if that's even possible. I'm sure limerence kind of erodes with any relationship, especially when there's three people having to navigate, you know, personal space and living in close quarters and stuff, but... Boundaries with a third person as well, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But for the time that we did spend with her traveling, it was perfect. And I really wish that we'd gotten more more time with her, because it, it taught us a lot, and it was really beautiful and kind of opened my mind to that possibility, because before I'd met her, when people would ask me that, I was like, hell no. No one is ever going to be living in my life. Like, I don't want to be brushing my teeth next to another person every night. Like, fuck no. And then I met her and I was like, damn, like, you're cool as shit. Like, my life would be better with you in it than without it. You know, it's just another person to help take pictures and to split the grocery load and to snuggle with and to tell jokes with and just to share your life with, which was really cool. But... So I think the answer is yes, but it would have to be the right person. A very particular right person. We've met a lot of people... And no one else has come even remotely as close to what what that girl was like. So, I think our standards for having sex with someone are quite a bit less than our standards for bringing them into our life. Because Yeah, and, and our standards to have sex with someone are already very high compared to like most, most people or most couples even. Like we've spoken, I mean, as you guys know here on the podcast, we talk to a lot of open couples. Uh, and we, you know talk about how we find people and what the qualifications are and I am yet to meet anyone who has even half as many precursors as I do or pre-qualifiers as I do to to letting someone in the bedroom like oof I don't know yeah and then having someone be romantically involved with the two of us that's literally like the golden unicorn that is another level of human but so long story short I am open to it but 
it is unlikely. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Has ever completely surprised you? <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole episode on that, don't we? Do we have an episode on it? I think we've talked about it in other episodes, but yeah, she has completely surprised me, and it's been more than once, too. She did it once. Did I do that more than once? Yeah, once for my birthday, and then she did it again just on a random day, like... Yeah, I think I made an Instagram post of it recently that, like, uh, <laughs> basically, for birthday one year, I surprised him with a French girl, uh, and me and her were wearing matching lingerie, and when he came home from work, we were just there, and he was quite startled. It was really funny. He, like came in the door and was just kind of starting to talk to me about whatever shit had happened that day. And then he was like, oh, oh, hi, hello, what's your name? I have to say, it's kind of like, a, it was a dream come true. It was really <laughs> like a fantasy that I'd had. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, me and the girl were just dying laughing. Um, and her English wasn't great, which was kind of cute because she was very, very French. Uh, it led to some complications later in the night when it turned out she was quite a bit kinkier than either of us. But we both lived uh, and had stories to tell. It. It's great. Yeah, survived. He had a great night. Very thankful for that night. I think I think there's an episode about that somewhere somewhere back in the archives. Yeah. And there was <laughs> another time that she surprised me as well. It was um, someone she'd been talking to for a while, but she just didn't disclose it to me that she was going to come over that day. I actually, I had no idea what this girl looked like even. And... I didn't remember that. Yeah, I'd been talking to her for like almost a month. You know what the funny thing was? Is it actually felt like her had a relationship. And I was like meeting her for the first time. I was like, hi, yeah, like, what's your name? And like had this whole backstory with her. They'd like, yeah, we'd been like fucking messaging every day for like months. Like we knew each other's life stories and we had these little personal jokes and like pet names and like all these plans. And, and then when I met her, I was like, oh shit, you like didn't even know about her. That's funny. I forgot about that. That was a particularly <laughs> good night. That was actually the first night that I ever realized I was into girls. Or could be into certain girls, which uh, that was an interesting night yeah, in itself. Th that was it was interesting as well because it was the first night that I wasn't completely sure about the girl. Normally, I had a connection <laughs> with the girl as well, and that night it was definitely her and <laughs> having more of the connection. I which... think you were just very startled too, like because you weren't even expecting to like have that night, and I'd been planning for it for a long time, and I had such a good relationship with her and so much trust built up already that you kind of were. You were doing the motions and you did great. Like it, it was a good night, but me and her were like having these very intimate eye gazings and I was like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm here. Like, <laughs> I tried to step back a little bit and kind of let them do their thing and like explore that connection with each other. And I thought that was really beautiful too, because that was the first time I'd done that. Most of the time it was more, I was a, a more prominent part in the threesome and at this time it was like letting them explore. Yeah. Usually it's like and the two girls. This time it was like the two me girls. and yeah, me and her. And then Ricky like was there was involved was kind of like an afterthought i don't know if that's bad but i'm happy to be an afterthought <laughs> <laughs> with you two that was great yeah so that <laughs> that happened once i think i've i try not to do it as much anymore just because like as i've said our our end goal with a threesome is different now but i used to take a lot of joy out of trying to completely surprise him like not let him even know that a girl existed that I was talking to and then just having her like show up in the middle of the night and he'd be like what the fuck and I was like haha <laughs> like oh god one time oh my god I'm oh I'm so sneaky uh this one time there was this girl that we had been sleeping with for a little bit she was a friend of ours but like thought she was out of town 
and he went to go get groceries or something and I snuck her in the house and I like hid her under the bed. Me and her were having the biggest fucking laugh about this. Um, so then came home and he was like really tired and he was just fucking done like with life. He was done with the day and he like got into bed and he was like talking shit to me about something. He's just, like, oh, the fucking traffic or like the parking <laughs> fee. Like he just got a parking ticket. And he, as he's like lying in bed, she just like reached up from under the bed and like grabbed him and he flipped. He flipped. I mean, it, it turned into a threesome. So he was fine. But me and her just thought it was the funniest shit because he like didn't even know someone was in the house. Well, that, that happens every once in a while. Yeah. I think... I think with that same girl one time, I like, yeah, dude, wow. Uh, <laughs> same girl. She was very down for surprises and games and such. But I think one time I had like blindfolded and we were like doing our thing. And then I had her like, I think I'd been like hiding her like in a closet or something in a back room. And then I had her just like kind of join in really quietly and he was really confused for a second because he knew I was there but then suddenly there were like extra hands and he couldn't see anything because obviously he was fucking blindfolded uh surprise yeah it was good <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like being surprised I but... fucking totally forgot about both of those oh she was such a sport she waited in there for like an hour too I remember she like really needed to go to the bathroom she was texting me she's like can I come out I'm like no he's about to be here I was like just wait <laughs> And that happened. So yeah, I've surprised him once or twice. Had a couple of good ones in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Very good times. Have we established a type? Do we both tend to go for a certain type of girl or is it more about the vibe? Oh God, it's funny. When he first read me that question, I was like, no, like we don't have a type. Like it's all about the person. And then I like... About the connection, you mean? Uh, well, yeah, but like their personality, like yeah. the vibe that we have with them. And then I like went kind of back in my mind and I was like oh shit they all do kind of look the same <laughs> um they all kind of look like yeah that's but, I mean but hmm. they can be a little bit darker it likes a little tan yeah like I think the easiest way to explain it is I tend to like my women the way I like my men and he's like internally very kind of whitewashed where culturally right like he speaks English and we have all the same references and jokes and kind of the same cultural beliefs, but he's like tan and looks a little bit spicy and exotic. And I feel like there have been a couple of girls who are like Spanish or have Mexican, you know, heritage, but they're like from California. And I've been very into that. I mean, I've been very into an Irish girl once. Most of them have been Canadian, American or Australian. So for the most part, just like young, white, 20-something-year-olds who are more on the liberal hippie side of things, like picture them at Burning Man, and that's probably what they've been like. <laughs> We've never slept with anyone with dreads, though. I remember someone asking me, they're like, are they all super... Like, I feel like sometimes when I say hippie, it conjures up different images to people. I consider myself fairly hippie, but I also like, I shave my armpits and I don't smoke weed every day and I don't have dreads, so I think... Hippie to in me, the sense of mentality, not... Yeah, physicality. just a little bit more, like, free-spirited, open-mindedness. They don't have to be all, like, chakras and crystals and stuff, but I'm... Yeah, I gravitate more towards the kind of artsy, free-flowing type of person rather than the stricter, conservative type of person. You just said we'd never slept with anyone with dreads, but... They weren't micro real... They, those aren't real dreads, though. Every white girl at Burning Man has her hair in, like, these braids to protect it from the fucking dust, but, like, the rest of the year, she looks like... She has, like, really pretty soft blonde hair. That doesn't count as, like, proper 
dread dreads that she's like committed to that look. Just she's, wanted to make that distinction. She, she's really hot though. <laughs> I like her with or without, but they were also like green. That was a Burning Man vibe, but that doesn't count. <laughs> so babe, would you say that we have a high or a stronger than normal sex drive? Okay. One of us does. Let's take a guess who it might be. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hmm. definitely have a high sex drive. Just, just a little bit. Kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. So we. Yeah, I've taken it upon myself to balance this out by having almost the sex drive of, a, of like a, a baked potato. Um, there are rare occasions where rum might be involved, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it, it's very dependent on um, the person for a while, like in the first year or two of our relationship, I thought my sex drive was really high and I think it was higher than it is now, but compared to some girls I've met who, who if it were up to them, they would be having sex like five or six times a day, every day for the rest of their lives. And that is definitely not uh, me at this moment. I don't know, I, I like eating and sleeping and having time for other things in my life other than sex. I think if it were up to he could just have sex for 10 hours every day straight for the rest of his life and he would yeah, be a totally. happy man. Like he could literally physically do that too, uh, which is a little bit scary, but he's he's just like that. But so I, I think even as a couple, normally couples kind of decrease the amount of sex that they have over time. You know, we still keep it like fairly regular, but we don't have sex like we did in the first year. And the first year was like every day, multiple times. Yeah, it would be like a couple times anymore. a day for like multiple hours at a time. I'd say... Yeah, I don't know what the, I think in America, like the national average is supposed to be like two times a week or something. And I'd say we're pretty much on par with that, except for when we're traveling and things are rough. Like, you know, if we're backpacking through the mountains somewhere and we're like sleeping in these shitty hostels or if we're like cold and uncomfortable and hungry, like that's not really a mood booster. Um, or, I mean, I know for me right now, personally, with this whole Corona thing going on and the world being a little bit crazy and stressed out, I feel like it's kind of put me in a bit of a, a guarded state, which I want to like relax out of a little bit, but I'm sure that's happened for other people too. I know some of my friends have talked about how it's kind of fucking up their intimate life, just being stressed about the state of the world. But yeah, I don't know. I think I have like normal to slightly lower sexual energy at the moment. And then is just consistently through the roof every day of his life. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when we're around a lot of girls, like I feel like lately we've had a lot of opportunities with other girls. A and lot. Oh. It's it's been kind of hard for me to subdue myself to keep like keep myself in a state of constant <laughs> to, like to harness the wild horse. <laughs> yeah. Ricky's been a little jumpy lately. That's true. Um, I think the more opportunities I have, the more that I kind of want it. If I'm like, oh, here was an opportunity, and it's like, no, nah, I'm not down for that. Then it's like I have to find it within myself to like calm myself down, and that could be hard. Yeah, like we were at a, at a pool party the other night where there ended up being a lot of naked people in the pool and a lot of drunk naked people, a lot of very young, hot, horny, drunk naked people. And I was sober and mostly just tired and kind of hungry. <laughs> and I was on a very different vibe than <laughs> ended up having a great night and we were with a lot of close friends. But there were definitely people there that we could have made it happen with, but I was more interested in going and buying cookies from like a 24-hour mini-mart and going home to sleep. Uh, and that's what we ended up doing because he's a, a good man who has learned to control himself a little bit. But I understand why it's hard when it's, it's literally like, you know, dangling a treat in front of the dog's face when like it's so close and he knows it could happen. But I'm just like, eh, 
eh, not today. That's really important for any guy out there. I know it's it's really hard when you have the opportunity in front of you to be like, you know what? No, I'm going to like listen to my girlfriend. I'm going to respect my girlfriend. I'm going to not take these opportunities that I have in front of me. That's where you gain a lot of trust with your partner is when you're able to show her like your word is the final word and I'm always going to do whatever I can to make sure that you're comfortable first and that, you know, the threesome is not just for me, it's for both of us. What was the original question? I don't remember what it, Oh, who has a higher sex drive? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that would be the final answer on that one. I am not sure if in this lifetime I will ever um, surpass him. And we might just explode if that did happen, because that would be too much sex. So you're keeping the world in balance. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Are there ever times when we just take a break and we just focus on each other? We're taking a break right now, to be completely honest. Yeah, right now would be a good time. Um, and in saying that, a break hasn't meant that we haven't interacted with any girls. It hasn't mean that we've shut ourselves off to opportunities. Like I think we always keep our minds open to that. Yeah. But like in the past couple of months, I've kissed a couple of girls. We've had a couple of interactions that were really sexy where we made out with girls and things have happened. But has not wanted to take it any further. And I've respected that. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's really interesting. Actually, I have another friend back home who is in an open, a very open relationship with her husband. And they have kind of swinger parties and they do a lot of, you know, role play and very kind of free sexual liberating activities. Um, and I kind of had mentioned to her that I, I wasn't feeling it as much as I, I do sometimes. And she's like, oh yeah, like, you know, we were just taking a break for the past year and a half and just focusing on each other. And that really surprised me because I know her and her husband both have really high sex drives. Like they're having sex at least every day. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, even, even people like you, you know, take breaks. And she said it was very grounding that that's what they call it. They take, like, grounding breaks every once in a while just to kind of reconnect and, like, see where they're both at before they go out on another adventure. So it's definitely not that I'm not interested because I am. And we've still been, like, going out meeting up with girls and I'm, like, scoping out our friends and stuff. But I've I been... I think for those periods of time, our standards just get higher. Yeah, which might not be a good thing. I don't know. I feel like now the main thing that's piquing my interest are these like little Russian supermodels that wander through and I'm like, oh shit, this isn't good. We're also beginning to find out these little Russian models walking around have a different cultural standard than us. <sighs> like we've been finding out that like maybe they're expecting us to pay for things or like yeah, that if they want to hang out, they're expecting us to like pay for the food and the board and the transport and everything and we're like, wait, we're not like your sugar mama or daddy. Like, if you want to, you know, date an American couple, you might have to take one. Like, the American values of a woman paying for her own food. Like, for me, sex is not a transaction, right? It's not like we bought your dinner, so you have to sleep with us. I never want it to be something that feels owed, which I know is, is different culturally, right? Like, all, all these Russian-Ukrainian friends that we've been making are very clear about the fact that a man pays for everything all the time, and a girl would never, ever have to. And I... That just doesn't work for me. Like, I would never want to be in a relationship where someone's paying for my half of things because I don't want to feel like I owe anything. I want to be able to make my own call and be independent. So maybe a Russian hot little wifey is not in the foreseeable future, but they are quite fun to look at. Not to mention, it's, it's a really big step for them. I think being bisexual is not really something that's accepted in the Russian culture. Yeah, I think one of them told me a saying, she's like, uh, to be but not to seem where if any of our followers are Russian, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but apparently what they told me in Russia is that 
if you're gay privately, that is fine. What you do, you know, in your own closed bedroom is, is on you, but you do not, you know, hold hands with the same sex in public. There is no public signs of affection or kissing or, you know, posting pictures about it. Like if you are gay or bisexual, you hide that. Uh, <laughs> we've met a couple of Russian girls who have been a lot of fun to hang out with and they'll know that we have threesomes, but it doesn't even cross their mind as like a possibility because it's not something that's really accepted or known in Russia, I guess. Like, I'm sure there are people who have threesomes in Russia. I'm not saying that they don't, but I feel like it's a lot more socially acceptable in places like California, where there are kind of more poly, swingery, open people. Um, and then in Russia, it's just kind of hush-hush and you don't talk about it. The other night at the beach. Story time. Was hanging out with one of our hot Russian friends. I wasn't even there. I wasn't there. And another friend that we have who knows that we have threesomes. And has threesomes with her boyfriend was there. What we were, we were talking about relationships or something and, oh, she'd asked what our podcast was about. And I told her, it's like, oh, it's about our relationship and the fact that we're kind of open and that we have threesomes. And she's like, oh, cool. And, and our other friend was, who was there, who also has threesomes, was like, yeah, like, you know, were the reason why we got into having threesomes. And the Russian girl was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I was like, do people have threesomes in Russia? She's like, oh, yeah, like all the time. And I was like, so, you know, a boyfriend and a girlfriend and then another girl. And she's like, yeah, yeah, all the time. And I was like, a boyfriend and another girl and his girlfriend have sex. And she was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, just hor like, could not believe what I had just suggested. And I just started laughing. And I was like, what, do you what did you think a threesome meant? Like a three-way. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, I thought you meant you went to dinner, like, with a friend that like you would go eat dinner with one of your, your female friends. And I was like, well, yeah, we have dinner and then we have sex. And she was like, oh my God. She was like, in Russia, that would never happen. And I was like, oh, I bet it happens, but maybe it's not like something that people would make a podcast about and connect to their public profile. So, uh, yeah, but at the same time, she didn't have anything bad to say about it, right? It wasn't like, oh, how could you, you know, you're going to go to hell for sinning or whatever. Like she wasn't, that type of judgmental, it was just the shock of like, oh my God, like I can't believe it type of thing. So yeah, uh, I don't remember exactly what this was, but there are a lot of hot Russian girls. They don't seem to be into the threesome thing unless you pay them a lot of money, which uh, I'm not down to do. So there you go. So I think uh, what we were talking about is taking breaks. And oh. our, our, lis <laughs> <laughs> our listener asked us why we took breaks, why we've taken breaks in the past. And because Russian girls are too expensive is the short answer. Yeah, that, but also I feel like the times that we've taken breaks from threesomes is when I've overstepped boundaries or when I've... Yeah, when Ricky's a jackass, his privileges get revoked. That's exactly it. And it's... <laughs> or, whenever me and have been pulling apart as a couple or we don't feel that same level of connection, I feel like that's a time for us to focus on each other and get back with our connection first before we include other people again. Mm-hmm. Well said. So me and this listener were kind of having a conversation on Instagram. So the next question he asked was, do we overstep our boundaries often? Or do I, I guess, is the question. Yeah, I, I would like to preface that by saying there is no we in this. I have never overstepped my boundaries with another guy because there are no other guys and I'm not interested in other guys. That's not to say that I haven't been jealous. I've definitely been jealous when things have happened with But like, yeah, again. He's a very jealous person. So the things that warrant uh, a reaction from Ricky, like me doing acro with someone or talking with someone at the laundromat, uh, are very different than what warrants a reaction from me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I also want to say that, like, I don't try to hold boundaries with 
even though I feel jealous, I, I don't want to impose any boundaries on her because I feel like at the end of the day, if she wants to be with someone else, she's definitely welcome to go and be with someone else. And if she feels better opportunities with someone else, that's not something I want to stop. I want to be as happy as she possibly can be, whether that's with me or without me. But I definitely get jealous. And sometimes it's hard for me. Or sometimes I feel like disrespected if she's like, is kind of flirty with a guy. But And that's okay. You know, I, I try to sort that out within myself. Or if I'm really struggling with it, I'll talk with and be like, hey, babe, like, this is hard for me. Or whatever else. And a lot of times it's and like... And I try not to laugh at him because yeah, it's always it's, really stupid and misinterpreted. But point being, uh, does Ricky often overstep is the real question. And I would say no. He is exceptionally well-behaved and in control. Otherwise, this would not even be an option on the table, right? If, if every other time he was breaking boundaries and, and breaking my trust and disrespecting our relationship, I would not, <laughs> I mean, first off, I probably wouldn't be in this relationship, but also I wouldn't be down to, to open us up in this type of way. So I think in the beginning when our boundaries weren't as clear and I didn't quite know what I was comfortable with, a lot more incidences happened where I was uncomfortable or things got pushed too far. But as soon as I would tell him like, hey, that thing you just did, like that didn't make me feel good, he would always recognize it and wouldn't repeat it, which I think is really important, especially for girls out there if they're t trying to test and see if this is something they want to do with their partner. I would pay a lot of attention to how many times you have to tell them not to do a certain thing, right? And it can be a small thing, even if it's just, you know, I don't want you to, you know, text the other girl heart emojis. For example, if you have to tell your boyfriend six times not to do that one thing, you should definitely not be having threesomes, right? If they are that unable to learn or unwilling to listen to how it makes you feel, that that's a red flag. So one of better <laughs> attributes is that if I tell him once, he hears it and he never does it again. Given we have very different situations that pop up all the time, so you can't ever be prepared for everything that's going to happen because every girl is so unique. And all the circumstances. Yeah, and all the circumstances. I'd say maybe, maybe once a year we'll have a situation where I'm like, hey, like that wasn't cool. And it's usually when a little bit too many emotions get involved, shall we say, uh, from one party or another. But as of yet, he is always able to pull himself back in and like sort things out in a very respectful manner and clear up the boundaries with everyone. So I'm yeah. really happy to answer that question like that because I would not have said the same thing. I've made so many mistakes and I think about all those mistakes all the time. So it's really nice to hear that from that she doesn't think I, well, it's not that she doesn't think I'd make mistakes. It's just that she feels that I listen to her when she makes a boundary. So I'm yeah, I, I would definitely say that's something I pay a lot of attention to is his ability to remember what I'm okay with and to follow that. Everyone could always improve on their delivery of certain messages. Yeah, I think I'm also very particular. I care a lot about what people say and the way that they say things. And I think, uh, shout out to you, dad, if you're still listening. My dad, by the way, guys, listens to our episodes and, and helps give us uh, tips. <laughs> well, <this laughs> because he, he runs a big podcast. Yeah, my dad is a corporate coach and speaks very clearly and intentionally. And I feel like that's something I hold a lot of weight behind is choosing the words that you mean and standing behind them uh, in any relationship, friendship or romantically. So Ricky and I have spent a lot of time working on like, you know, if something has hurt my feelings, I say exactly how and why and where and when so that we can really get to the root of it. 
Um, that's actually, I, that's a place that me and differ is like, yes, <laughs> he wants me to be able to articulate exactly how I feel. And for me, what's more important is actions. Like I don't really care what says in a conversation. It really matters to me how she acts and how she makes me feel in everyday day to day life. But for it's really important that if anything goes wrong between us, that I articulate it and we talk about it and I say exactly what I mean. I don't just like get the, like a rough idea across. I like have to really dig within myself and find <laughs> metaphors that work and make sense to her. And we really like get to the bottom of the conversation and work out what the problem really was and fix it from there. Yeah. I think that's something a lot of relationships that I see are lacking is that if they don't agree on what happened, they just kind of fume up and they leave the conversation, right? Like, that's something that we oh, never God. really do. Sometimes we need time to cool off. If I'm angry or something, I'll take the night and I'll spend the night sort of thinking about it and I'll sleep and then we wake up in the morning. But we try to approach things as fast as possible. And to get to the root of it, you don't want to leave like any residue of misunderstanding because I feel like that kind of grows and festers and can cause other problems. But you need to really be clear on like what your intentions are, what you said, what you meant, how things could be differently, how they were perceived by everyone involved. Like just be really clear on like, how that miscommunication happened so that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And then after that, it's just actions, just showing people that you can not only say it, but you can do it and you can act that way every single day forever. And I think that's what's happened lately in our relationship. We've had a lot of opportunities, but it's been up to me to show that, yeah, we can have opportunities, but if it's not working for you as well as me, then I'm not going to push my boundaries and I'm not going to make something happen without you being 100% behind me and behind the situation happening. That's part of why we have taken a break recently is because I overstepped my boundaries in the past, not too long ago. And right now I'm trying to rebuild that trust and I'm trying to show her and every time that I'm able to go to a party and have opportunities and not take those opportunities, I'm showing her that she is my number one and that in the end, ultimately I respect her first and foremost, as it should be. Oh. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you want to reach out to us, we love hearing from you guys. You can reach out to the How to Have Threesomes Instagram page. Also, if you guys have a second and you loved our show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It means a lot to us. If you haven't checked out our book, check it out on Amazon. We're thinking about doing a different version of it because right now the book is from my side of the story, but we're considering doing a version with and me sort of going back and forth, and it would just be like a revamp of the current book. So if that sounds interesting to you guys, then uh, just let us know on Instagram. Till next time. You. You.